0: Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And welcome back to the Big East, Yukon. Welcome back to the Big East. You're not playing in the American anymore. You're not playing Tulsa and East Carolina anymore. No, you're playing the Big East and you're playing big bad St. John's. I can't even say that with a straight face. But St. John's comes out, overcomes a 14-point first-half deficit and takes down the 23rd-ranked Yukon Huskies on the road in front of well, no fans, albeit, but on the road, 74 to 70, another signature win of the Mike Anderson era, and certainly the signature win of this season to date for the Red Storm. Down 20, down by uh, 14 points early in this game, 21 to 7 looked like it was going to be a blowout but the red storm chip away down by just three Looked like this was going to be another one of those games that we've seen so many times with this program on the road you know get off to that slow start down by a couple at halftime fight back in the second half but can never you know break through that ceiling always getting you know to the top of the hill but then not being able to get over the hill you know getting that lead down to two getting that lead down to three and then it balloons back up to seven and we saw that over and over again in this game. But something was different in this game. Thanks to some heroics from Marcellus Erlington, Dylan Adaiwusu, and Posh Alexander, and don't discredit Julian Champagny as well, only made two field goals and they were two big ones in this game for St. John's, they somehow take down the 23rd ranked Yukon Huskies 74 to 70 and close out a game for once. They somehow close out a game. Are now eight and seven overall, three and six in the conference. And I hate to be a downer right away, but man, if that if that Julian Champagne shot goes in uh, on Saturday, or if you put together a better final possession on Saturday in that game against Marquette, man, you're looking at at nine and seven, four and five, and a three-game win streak right now in the conference. But nonetheless. You're at 3-6 now in the conference. You've stabilized things. You've got a huge win. Again, UConn without their best player, sure, and James Booth Knight. But a huge road win against a ranked opponent. And you've now stabilized your season. You have a couple of days off before you'll face Butler. Or not Butler, DePaul. Next week. A chance to get even closer to 500 before you play this UConn team again. The heroes of this game for st john's posh alexander i mean this guy is just ferocious and you heard the announcers saying that again 18 points six assists four rebounds and three steals in this game I mean, this guy—he's—he's just—he's just—I he's just, don't need a bulldog. I don't even know what to say about Posh Alexander. He just gets hit, gets hit, gets hit. Is on the floor every single possession. It feels like it just keeps getting up, winning, winning loose balls for you, making shots at the basket, hitting a couple of threes in this game. What a game from Posh Alexander, who again is just turning into everything that you would have wanted from your point guard on a Big East team marcellus erlington stepped up big time in this game as well had three three-pointers had a couple of big three-pointers in the second half including the one that just sat on the rim and fell in then 15 points for him five rebounds incredible game from marcellus dylan adai 10 points five rebounds four or five shooting great game from dylan adai St. John's with their best player going two of nine from the field, making two shots the entire game. Again, they were two big ones, but two shots the entire game. Scoring three points at the half in Julian Champagny. They're still able to take down UConn, who is, I think, what everyone would say, the third best team in this conference. Again, I know, without James Buchneit but they're still able to take down a ranked UConn team, arguably the third best team in this conference with Julian Champagny having his worst game of the season. What a win for St. John's. Rasheem done with the free throws there. Julian Champagny icing the game with the free throws at the end. The defense, after the first couple of minutes, looked like they were going to get skewered. End up only allowing 70 points. UConn hit four or five threes really from the in the first couple of minutes, only end the game with seven made three-pointers. The defensive intensity picked up for sure for the Red Storm. And it's a huge, huge win for this team. And now it's a chance to build on something. Because again, like I said at the start, this looked like it was going to be a game that we had seen from this team over and over again in the last two years battling, you know, getting in a hole early, playing with the opponent on the, in the second half, hanging around in the second half, and then, you know, an 8-0 run, a 10-0 run, and the game is over. But for once, that didn't happen. For once, St. John's <laughs> closed the game out, right? Four-point lead in the final minute, even after they give up the three and turn the ball over. And it looks like this is going to be Another heartbreaking loss. They get lucky. And UConn misses a couple of free throws there. And then what do you do on the other end? Rasheem Dunn hits a free throw, puts you up by two. Uh, Listen, UConn UConn messed up at the end of this game. Uh, Polly shooting that three was was ill-advised there. I don't think he needed to do that. UConn obviously missed the free throws. Martin missing both with 18 seconds left in the game. But hey, we closed it out. That's all that matters. They, they closed this game out. And for a team that has, has blown uh, how many? Eight-point leads with two minutes to go. Five-point leads with three minutes to go. Four-point leads with one minute to go. To finally get a win. To finally have that four-point lead with a minute left. And to actually close it out is huge for this team. And you talk about a program that just absolutely was dying for a win like this. A close win against anyone in the conference, I think, would have sufficed to be honest. But was dying for a big win like this. It's it, it it's huge. And now we'll see where the rest of this season goes though. Do you use this as a springboard, you know? Do you use this as something to pull you back to where you we thought that you could be, you know, in the middle of this conference? Or are you going to go out and lose to DePaul next week and it's all not going to matter? That's my question now. Can you build off of this win? But for all the naysayers, including myself, if you follow me on Twitter, I was not happy with this team on Saturday because they lost a winnable game against Marquette. And if I was doing a podcast after that game, I would have ripped them for that loss for sure. I did rip them on Twitter, and I ripped Mike Anderson on Twitter for how he finished that game. And listen, there were still a lot of mistakes in this game. Winning covers up a lot of sins, as we know. But credit Mike Anderson, man, 48 hours, basically, after losing a heartbreaking game. You're going on the road. You have to, again, say during these times, you know, during COVID times, going on the road, against a UConn team that, you know, for all intents and purposes should kill you. You know, he's going to kill you inside, he's going to hit some jumpers on you, and he's going to play defense on you. Terrible matchup for you. 23rd ranked. You know they're going to get up for the game playing St. John's, you know, a, a somewhat of a rival back in the day. You had every excuse in the book to lose this game 81-67. You had every excuse in the book when you got down 21 to 7 to pack it in and to lose this game 85-63. You had every excuse in the book many times in the second half. When you were down whatever it was, 58-49 to lose this game 73-62. You had every excuse in the book to just give up on this game and they didn't. And, and I ripped Mike Anderson on Twitter on Saturday I will credit Mike Anderson for this one there's still a lot of issues with this team for sure this team is still far away from being a legitimate contender week in and week out in this conference for sure but I'll give Mike Anderson a hell of a lot of credit he got these guys up for this game and give these players credit give give Posh Alexander, give Dylan Adaiwusu give Marcellus Arlington. give Julian Champagne credit for for battling in this game. Again, every excuse in the book to quit on this game, you would have had every excuse in the book, and you did not. And you fought. And that's what you love to see. And for someone like me, and I, I think I speak for a lot of fans who after Saturday was concerned about Mike Anderson, you know, where he's taking this program. The culture of this program, which seem to be losing these type of games week in and week out. This is a nice reassurance that this coach still knows how to get the most out of his players. And that the guys that we have here, hey, they might not be the most talented. We got a lot of two and three and JUCO players, two and three star players and JUCO players. We don't have the most talent. We don't have 15 four star players on our team like UConn. But we fight and we fought today. Give those guys credit because they fought, they battled today. I was all prepared to do this podcast and say, hey, in the end, talent wins out usually. Usually talent will win out in in, in college basketball. And St. John just doesn't have enough talent. But again, they had the excuse. They had the talent excuse too. They didn't use it. Hell of a win for St. John's. Hell of a win for Mike Anderson. Now let's see if we can build on it. Let's see if we can do something now in the next couple of weeks win a couple more in a row let's see if we can build on this big layoff now let's see where you go from here where the remaining 11 games of your conference season go from here but now let's get to our guest let's bring in our guy ct we've had him on a couple of times this season going back and forth with him on twitter all day so let's let's hear his thoughts on the red storms huge 74 to 70 win over yukon hope you guys enjoy all right, we are now joined by our guy CT coming on the show for, I think, the second time this year, and he gets to come on after a heck of a win for the Red Storm 74-70 over UConn. CT, how are we doing today?
0: Hey, Troy, it going man? Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely. We are talking about this huge win for the Red Storm, and I'll start with this, man. We just said, I mean, UConn definitely didn't play great at the end of that game for sure. They, they shot themselves in the foot with a couple of decisions and, and missed free throws, but it feels good to just win one of these games, right? Definitely.
0: I mean, the last couple of games, you know, the Marquette game and, uh, you know, some of the games before that, I feel like the luck hasn't been on our side, <laughs> so... Uh, it was good at the end of the game to, you know, have the luck on our side. And I, I think they actually played better toward the end uh, down the stretch than in games past. You know, they played smarter. Uh, they finally got you know, Penny the ball at the end, and, you know, he got some clutch baskets. So, And uh, Don knocked down some free throws at the end. So it's good that, uh, you know, St. John's made some, some more plays to win the game at the end.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, look, I mean, let's talk about Julian, I guess, I guess first. I mean... Me and you have talked a lot about getting him, getting him shots that aren't, you know, him creating the shot for himself. You know, not making him create a shot for himself. He only had those two field goals today, but on the layup that he hit to to put them up by four in the last minute, I thought that was a fantastic job of getting him the ball, getting him obviously an easy layup there, getting him involved in the flow of the game, not making him do so too much in a game that he was clearly struggling.
0: Definitely. And I think, you know, the emphasis uh, this year for Champagne should just be, um, you know, instead of just, like you said, creating all the shots for himself, uh, you know, making him play on the move a little bit more, you know, setting screens for him, um, you know, him in the pick and pop, shooting threes, getting to the rim, uh, cutting to the basket. Um, He didn't have it today as far as his jump shot, Mm -hmm. but he actually made up for it in more ways, you know, playing good defense, you know, blocking shots, rebounding. And, uh, you know, that's what you want for your star player. And, you know, even though he didn't shoot the ball well, um, you're still able to make an impact and and win a game against a top 25 opponent
1: on the road. And and another thing I liked about Julian, too, was for a portion of this game, I, I think it was in the second half, early in the second half, where he clearly didn't have it. He was missing shots. His body language looked off and he was committing a couple turnovers, but something changed for him. And I, I really like that. I don't know if it's something that Anderson said to him or, or, or something, but it felt like his body language for sure changed from, you know, kind of sulking, feeling bad for himself that he was missing these shots to hitting really the big shot of the game for St. John's.
0: Definitely. I think, you know, he's young. He's only a sophomore still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think just for him, to just staying the course. And, you know, I think Marcellus Arlington had a big role in that, yeah. him hitting all, you know, a bunch of three three-pointers he hit, it was perfect from the three-point line, um, you know, just to get St. John's back into the game. You know, Champagne being the best player on the team, you know, him having this kind of, you know, big jump in a year, I don't think anyone really saw this jump in him. This is an unprecedented leap. Um, just like looking at some of the numbers that he's putting up has been absolutely insane right now. Mm-hmm. So... You know, just for him, is just staying the course. And, uh, you know, like I said, he made a positive impact even without scoring efficiently.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and they won the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's talk about Marcellus. Um, is it is it just, I mean, are you noticing anything for him besides, I feel like, you know, he hit a couple of threes in this game and he got to the basket a lot easier. He finished around the rim a couple of times. But is that all it is, like, that he's, that he's hitting threes? Or, like, did he do anything that you noticed that you, you felt like was good? I think, you know,
0: a big theme this year is, you know, me and you, you know, talking about, you know, each and every game. Uh, it's about the rotations and it's about the lineups and combinations on who he's playing with. As we saw last year, you know, Arlington played a lot of minutes with Josh and he also played with Julian mm-hmm. where they played the a two kind of small ball lineup with him and Julian in the front court. And I think him, I'm, I have to say it, him not playing with Toro just opens the game up for him as far as, you know, he's able to tack the basket from the three point line. Uh, he's able to get down into the post and uh, you know bully smaller defenders, and um, you know he's able. To, he's also a very good passer as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think
0: for him it's just the lineups that he's playing in. You know him playing beside Julian, and uh, we saw him playing beside Josh a little bit today too, where he's able to show off his versatile offensive game, and also him just receiving more minutes. I feel like his minutes have been kind of inconsistent yeah. this year mm-hmm. compared to last year so i really feel like you know after these past couple games where st john's hasn't really been blown out they've been in every single game um and i think erlington's had a large part in that so i think he has to continue playing you know extended minutes and i think anderson's finally finding the right combinations on who he has to play with uh you know as we enter you know further into biggie's play
1: yeah and, and let's let's hope marcellus earned himself some uh some more minutes in this game for sure um Let's talk about Posh as well. What, what a game from him! 18 points, six of 11 shooting, knocked down a couple of threes as well. I feel like when he's hitting threes, it's it's such a different dimension to his game. And he hit three of them tonight. He hit two against Butler, as we know. Just feels like you know teams can't you know play off of him as far. It just opens up a lot for him. But but what do you notice out of Posh that he's doing better at these last couple of games where he's really picked it up uh, up his game?
0: I think it's just the aggressiveness and the, and the confidence, to be honest with you. Um, you know, him playing with Dunn, you know, it's a lineup that I don't think really should be played as much as it is mm-hmm. right now, but I think out of necessity it kind of is. But if when he's playing with Dunn and he's open, I feel like he has to take the three pointer, shoot it confidently, yeah. even mm-hmm. if he misses it. As long as he's getting the shot up, he's a threat uh, to shoot the ball. And today he knocked down, I believe it was three threes he hit, yeah. which mm-hmm. was. Which was very good for him today, and that also allowed him to get into the lane. We saw at, at the end of the game he was able to, you know, beat defenders off the dribble, uh, get into the raid, right. that nice and one mm-hmm. at the end of the game, and also at the point of attack defensively. You know, he's the head of the snake, um, you know, as far as St. John's de- uh, defensively, and um, you know, on both sides of the ball today, he played really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, he was arguably the MVP of the game today.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about his teammate as well, Dylan Adaiwusu. His high school teammate, Dylan Adaiwusu. Uh, ten points, five rebounds, man. He just he, like if if Posh is a, is a bulldog, I don't know what to what word to use to describe Dylan Adaiwusu because he just battles, man. Like he just definitely. battles around the rim. What what do you what do you like about his game today?
0: I like that he's. I, I feel like he's definitely arguably their best perimeter defender. Him and Greg Williams and uh-huh, uh-huh. Posh too, but he's a little bit more on the on the undersized side, where you know Dylan and, and Greg can kind of guard off the lineup where they guard the bigger players. Mm-hmm. But just for him, you know, he's playing hard, you know, the whole game. Um, he's another guy who can really get into the paint. Yeah, he's he's big, he's strong, um, and he can wall off the uh, wall off defenders. So just for him, just an all-around game, you know, offensively, defensively, um, you know, they need a guy, they need a dog. They need somebody <laughs> who's going to be they, – they really need somebody who's just going to be a role player and, and you know, someone who's going to bring that toughness. And I feel like Wooster's a guy, who, off the bench especially, and, you know, maybe even closing games as we, you know, go further along to Big East play. They just need that guy, that that toughness, and that that guy who's going to be willing to, you know, check the opposing team's best
1: player. Yeah, he just he knows his role so well, and he just plays it so well. And I I've said this before. I think that he's going to be a really good, you know, two to three year role player for them. A guy who who, like you said, can just dominate teams on the on the defensive end, which I really like. Um, Definitely. Let's let's talk about the defense because the first. Eight minutes or so of this game, it, it looked like UConn was going to score 120 <laughs> points on us. I mean, yeah. would they make? I think three. I think they made four three pointers in the first eight minutes of the game. They had obviously the 21 points, got out to the 21 to, uh, to seven lead. UConn hit those four threes in the first eight minutes, and then hit three the rest of the way. The final uh, 32 minutes of the game, what like did anything change for St. John's? UConn missed a couple of open shots for sure, but did anything right. change? Like, it, was it just the intensity was ramped up, or did you see anything that they changed on the defense? defensive end?
0: I think it was just picking up at the point of attack better. You know, sometimes their guards, you know, they start an undersized lineup. They start three guards who are six three below. So, and, you know, teams can just shoot over the top because they have bigger guards. Mm-hmm. But I think the key for them is just staying in front of their man instead of, you know, letting them go past and then having all these breakdowns where then they're kicking out for open threes. We saw that the first, I believe the first nine points were all threes. So they were yeah. all breakdowns defensively. Yeah. So... I feel like just having you know better point of attack defense. I feel Josh Roberts has been unbelievable defensively the past three games or whenever he was inserted into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. He didn't play down the stretch, but I really feel like that was the right move. But throughout the whole game, I really thought you know he was protecting the paint, he was rebounding, and uh, like I said, just having guards who were able to keep their defender in front of them. It's just going to be key for St. John's defense moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Let, let's talk about Josh, actually, because I was saying, I said to you, I, I I thought Josh should have been in at the end of that game there to, to help out on the defense and help out uh, rebounding, because I felt like they were just right. going to get killed inside. But you you didn't feel that way. You you felt like they, I know that you liked the lineup that they had before they put uh, Rasheem Dunn in the game. But talk about the lineup that they finished this game with and, and, and why you liked it so much to close this game out.
0: Just for, for me personally, I'm more of an offensive player. Um, you know, offensive person, you know, putting out guys who have, you know, who are threats offensively. Mm-hmm. And Josh, Josh is with a problem is he can't shoot. <laughs> but, um, you know, j- just at the end, at the end of the game, you know, having Erlington and, and Julian out there, you know, guys who could who could shoot the ball, uh, who could dribble, who are reliable free throw shooters as well. Just having, you know, guys who are versatile like that. And Erlington could battle down low. I think he's he's underrated in, in the fact that he could rebound and he could also kind of bully. Um, you know, bigger defenders. He's pretty strong,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: so I think there's going to be games where Josh finishes at the end. Um, you know, maybe like against Butler, like he finished at the end in that game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Marquette, I think he should have finished on the stretch of that game as well. So, you know, I think it's just definitely good to see Josh finally starting after the he had four do not uh, did not place <laughs> i think in the first the start conference game yep. which uh you know i didn't agree with i didn't agree with you know them playing tor over him i don't i think that's that was inexcusable but it's good that he's finally you know, in the lineup and he's making a positive impact. You know, he's won the last two to three games.
1: Yeah. I mean, you talk about Toro, I mean, even Isaiah Moore now, like Josh Roberts has shown head and shoulders. He's obviously better than Toro. And I think even better than Moore, it's a little bit of a different skill set, obviously right. that they play. But I, I, I mean, you you've been a, a champion of Josh Roberts wanting him to play more, and you've been a hundred percent right on that since you know November. Basically, you've been correct on that. Like, what is he bringing? What have you noticed these last three games that he's bringing to the defensive end, to the offensive end, just just overall that that Moore and that Toro really aren't bringing. Well,
0: I think for, I think for Josh is he's he's actually bulked up a lot, uh, you know, from last offseason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so he's put on some weight. We can battle down low. Last year he kind of had a tendency to get kind of bullied down low um but he uses length to kind of contest shots but actually a number that sticks out to me i just looked it up online uh saint john's is six points better with josh roberts on the court which is second uh compared to champagne who's was at nine points better mm-hmm. which that's a crazy number yeah. so you know just for josh i think finishing around the rim he's much better this year finishing around the rim instead of just dunking you know he's he's got some touch this year around the paint mm-hmm. um also, in Marquette, I mean, I, I can't say enough how impactful he was defensively, yeah. just blocking shots, you know, rotating all over the place. So I think, you know, going forward, it's just going to be key for him to, you know, continue starting and also staying out of foul
1: trouble. Um, I think that's going to be big for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, staying on that a little bit, we didn't get killed on the glass tonight. I mean, they gave up the, four, the 16 offensive rebounds, which hurt them, but only got out rebounded by two in this game. But, I mean,. For St. John's to win this game when, you know, Ju- Julian Champagny scores 12 points, you know, just, you know, UConn felt like they could have really gotten anything that they wanted uh, offensively in this game. W- what does it say about St. John's, their mental toughness to you, that they were able to win this game when, r- really, Julian, you know, had his worst game of the season? I think they're, they're you know,
0: finally learning on the fly. Um, you know, as these guys get more development and, uh, you know, more playing time, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the guys last year was only their first, you know, real big, big East experience. And you see guys like Champagne taking a leap this year and Roberts getting more minutes. Williams, you know, hopefully he comes back
1: soon. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: And uh, you know, Posh finally getting some minutes as well, Erlington. So I think it's just, you know, the development, more experience. Uh, the team has to has to gang rebound uh, in order to win games. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think Anderson played the right lineups today. I think that's what we've been kind of, you know, skeptical on this year is, you know, the right combinations and the fits on, you know, who's playing with who. But I really feel like now Especially the past two games, Uh, we've finally seen
1: combinations that work and combinations that have been winning the menace when they're out there. Yeah, we we talk about the the lineups and the combinations, obviously. Greg Williams left this game with that back injury. If he's not good to go, obviously they have a couple of days off before their next game, but if he is not good to go for that game or, you know, unfortunately further, uh, how would you, you know, uh, replace him in the starting lineup or what, what would you, you know, do with the lineups for St. John's to make up for Williams being out?
0: Uh, I'd, probably, I'd probably start Cole just to have some more shooting out there because, you know, with posh and Dunn, it's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Dunn really hasn't been shooting. Dunn, Dunn refuses to shoot from
1: three. <laughs> I, I kind of see
0: that. Which, uh, to be honest, he's not really the best shooter, so yeah. sometimes he has to let it, let it fly, but when posh is hitting threes, the offense is good, but i put Cole out there because he's one of the better shooters, but um, I see they're playing DePaul next game, so they're going to have to have someone guard Romeo Weems, uh-huh. who's one of the better players. You know, He's an NBA dra- uh, draft prospect, so maybe... Uh, Whatever Anderson decides, either Wusu or Cole, I don't think he can go wrong. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's look ahead, before I let you go, let's look ahead, you know, the next couple of games for this team. Obviously, big, big layoff. Then you play DePaul. Come back against UConn, which, you know, is obviously a winnable game. You play Villanova and then at Providence and at Butler. Crazy to think that they can get a couple of wins. I mean, I mean, do you think that this could be a turning point in the season? Now, it's definitely the signature win of the season. Do you do you look at it as a turning point, or do you look at it as you know just another another win that you know they're not going to build off of?
0: I think this is a turning point in the season. Especially um, as soon as Josh Roberts came into the starting lineup, I think the turning point of the
1: season happened. Mm-hmm. Just seeing you know how he's been impactful defensively and offensively as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know we talk about the rotations are finally. It, it took him a while to get there, but I feel like Anderson is finally, um, you know, settling in on a nice rotation on who's playing with who. And I think these games coming up are winnable. I think that, um, you know, the fall game's winnable. I think St. John's could realistically be in every single game that they have moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, when they win the games, they're going to have to be, um, you know, good down the stretch of those games.
1: Yeah. But mm-hmm. I really
0: feel like, I, re- I really feel like now, you know, with Champagne getting, I think he needs a break after, you know, the past couple games. So, I think I think they'll have a shot. I think they they definitely have a chance. They have their chances to um, you know kind of get to 500 in the conference.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean I, I don't need to tell you this, but you know looking at, at the schedule it's no surprise I guess or it's an indication or it backs up what you're saying their best three games of Big East play have probably been these last three or this has certainly been their best three game stretch and it's no wonder that Josh Roberts has seen the increased minutes in those games I mean this this has been the best they've played really all season and it's it. I think yeah, Roberts has a lot to do with that at least
0: definitely the numbers you know the numbers back up that Roberts is a winning player when he's on the court for them so as soon as he came into the lineup I feel like they have a jolt, they had a jolt in their lineup, and, you know, like we said, the rotations are coming together nicely, Champagne's playing well, um, you know, Posh is fine. putting it together, uh, I think we're gonna have to have some more guys get going, like Vince Cole's gonna have to get going from three, uh, Greg Williams has been a little hot or cold, but he's been good for the most part, mm-hmm. so I think it's just about, you know, consistency, and, you know, Arlington as well, he, today he played really well, and, you know, I think they need, they're gonna need his, you know, scoring and, and his play, uh, moving forward as well, so. I think they're on the right track, and I, I think they have they have their chances to win some games going forward.
1: Absolutely. We'll, we'll see if they can they can build off this, this huge win. Thank you, man, for coming on, as always. We always appreciate you uh, you coming on and breaking down these games, and we'll certainly have you on again at some point this season.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Troy. I
1: appreciate it. All good right, have today. a good night. All right, thank you once again to CT for coming on there. You can follow him on Twitter at C.T. Fazio 24, he does St. John's coverage, he does Denver Nuggets coverage, if you're a big Nuggets fan, and he does NBA draft coverage as well, one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Always respect his opinions uh, coming from the Red Storm, and he does a great job, as always, coming on this show. Uh, to put a bow on the incredible win for St. John's, I mean, it all depends on, on where you go from here. You know, We've seen this team you know, put together some really impressive wins in the Mike Anderson era, You know, they've they've beaten Arizona going back to last year and West Virginia and Creighton. You know, they've won some big games in the Anderson era, and this is really the first big win of this year now. But can you build on it? You've got this long layoff now. You don't play again until the 27th next Wednesday night. Against DePaul, though. A team that frankly you should beat. I think you're better than DePaul. And I don't think that's a hot take. I think that St. John's is better than DePaul. That's a game, if things are really changing now, you should win that game. You know, you got a huge break playing UConn twice without James Knight, because you're going to play them again coming up on the 31st in about two weeks. Can you take advantage of that? Can you sweep UConn? Maybe. I don't know. I'm getting a little ahead of myself now. But, but I mean, these are winnable games now, and can you build off of it? But, but again, just, you know, staying in the moment credit to this team what a win like I said had every excuse in the book to to you know lay down and take this loss 48 hours after a crushing loss against Marquette give Mike Anderson credit give these players credit give this entire coaching staff credit for an incredible win on the road against UConn their first road win against UConn since 2000 how about that Let's turn back the clock to 2000, maybe not this year, but maybe maybe sometime soon. But a huge win. We'll be back next week to break down the uh, the DePaul win. Oh, DePaul win. DePaul, hopefully DePaul win the DePaul game. And uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. And as always, let's go, Johnny's.